Hey, this is Lexi. This is Ari. And you're listening to Hotel Earth. Would it would it be so bold of me to say that uh, we can welcome everyone to the twenty second motherfucking episode of Hotel Earth? Twenties, and that I am one of your co-hosts, Lexi Moorhead, and I'm joined by my beautiful, funny—I almost said hilarious, but that means the same thing as funny. <laughs> other co-hosts, Ariana Helva. Ciao, say hello, ciao, Ariana. ciao, ciao, bitches. How's it going? Yes, episode twenty-two. Wow, we had such a good episode last week with Isabella, and it got we so did. much traction. It like it, did. it quickly shot up to one of our top ten most listened episodes, um, and it's still still on the rise of listen. So that was an awesome conversation. If you haven't listened to it already, please go do that. And I think we're gonna have quite a few more conversations related to cannabis in the future because definitely there were some things that we we kind of breezed over them, and thinking back on it now, we definitely could uh, elaborate on some of those points. Yeah, I just like, I particularly like the conversations about regenerative agriculture as well. Yeah. But without further ado, we're gonna, we're gonna pop off this week's episode with a random question as we've been doing, and it's my turn to ask Lexi. So Lexi, yes. what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, okay. My favorite conspiracy theory is the one that um, all pigeons are actually drones. That's my favorite one. I like that one. I just think whether... I was just cracking my fingers into my microphone, so if you hear little pops, uh, that's what that was. I think that one is so funny. That's why it's my favorite for no other reason that it's just hilarious. Whether it's true or not doesn't make any damn difference to me personally. (laughs) Um, I've heard people, I actually brought this specific conspiracy up to my dad once who grew up on a farm, if you missed that from last week's episode. And I I was telling him about this, you know, bird pigeon conspiracy. And um, one thing I've heard people say when they're talking about its truthfulness, whatever, they're like, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? And I said that to my dad and he straight as can, straight faces can be, yeah, of course. I'm like, damn it, wait to just... <laughs> that bubble, John. Your one like piece of evidence was just squashed in like seconds. Yeah, so I hate to break it to anybody who was also um on that bandwagon that pigeons are drones and well, you maybe, get, like no one's ever seen one. Maybe the city pigeons are drones, but wild pigeons is a different story. Cause recently I was just oh. I was just out in the countryside um this weekend and I saw the con- like the countryside pigeons and they look pretty different than the city ones. They look pretty different. Interesting. Not going to lie. Maybe I'll have to do some more research so, into this conspiracy theory. I wouldn't theory. squash the pigeons or drones conspiracy theory just yet, just based on the baby thing, because your dad probably bum, saw bum, a wild bum. baby pigeon. You know where I've never seen a baby pigeon? In the city. Water Street, Tampa. Or a pigeon in general. They don't need pigeons for drones. They got all the cameras on the streets to watch you. <laughs> yo, yo, you are, you are so correct. You are so correct. So Lexi, that was a great segue. Thank you. I try. We are talking about lead certification 
today, L-E-E-D certification and a newer concept known as the WELL community certification, W-E-L-L, if you didn't, if you didn't know. All caps. All caps. Let's start from this point, how the built environment interacts with climate change, like what that relationship is like. Yeah, I think it it's best to start with why it makes any sort of sense for us to be talking about it on this yeah. platform, right? Yeah. The built environment and climate change have a really intertwined relationship. We mean to say that residential and commercial buildings are responsible for almost 40% of U.S. energy consumption. As we talked about for a literal entire season, energy is one of our top emissions producers. So having the residential and commercial buildings being responsible for 40% of that consumption, it means that they're also contributing to the production. It's it's a nexus, right? Mm-hmm. You have to produce it to consume it and you're producing it so it can be consumed. Yep. But beyond that, tons of emissions are being created to sustain the sector. You have to consider manufacturing the materials, transportation of those materials, the actual construction, the powering of the buildings afterwards. There's a lot of emissions, not only just in the powering of the buildings, but also in getting them to exist in oh, the yeah, first Oh yeah, definitely. Place. Let's not forget the the land clearing that needs to be, that's required to build a community right. or a city in general, which is also has emissions associated. As we all know, a lot of carbon is sequestered in yep. that ground. and right. And you can have habitat destruction, um, which we talked about during the, the Gulf episode mm-hmm. that has a lot of implications. You can break up the the migration of animals from point A to point B, which is a huge issue in Florida for our black bear population because now there's a really sad documentary. They, they don't really have the ability to migrate like they are supposed to. Mm. So when humans are building or just existing in general, we need to be more considerate about how we build and also just exist now in order to curb our greenhouse gas emissions and our overall impact on the environment in general. So we came up with a partial solution or at least an idea to help get us moving in the right direction. And that is how we get to lead. Correct. It came about in 1993 and has only been gaining traction. And although it's based in the United States, its goals have a lot of synergy with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And the implications of this are that it can be used widely. You don't have to be a U.S. built building to qualify for a LEED certification. Exactly. It is totally intended to be an international effort. And It's grown to be the most widely used green building rating system in the world, um, with over 1.85 million square feet of construction space certifying daily. So it's quite impressive. And it's, as Lexi said, it's only gaining traction. And also, because we haven't said it yet, it does stand for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. That might allude to the fact that we're talking about buildings here, and that will, we'll circle back to that point here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. In order for lead to a, a achieve or for a building to achieve a lead certification, the project basically earns points by adhering to different prerequisites and credits that address carbon, energy, water, waste, transportation, materials, health, and indoor environmental quality. Since '93, that has changed a lot in what the criteria actually is, but they consistently are getting better, at least from what I have seen in the most recent version. 
most of the goals of LEED are to create buildings that reduce their contribution to climate change, enhance human health based on their design, protect and restore water resources. So think, you know, better toilets as a very basic thought process there. And that's something also, I point that out to make the the indication here that a lead building doesn't need to be a brand new building. A, a previously built building could still qualify for a lead Correct. certification if it is upgraded to meet, you know, the criteria. And lead is not a, you have to be 100% this way. They have different levels of certification, which I have thoughts on, but they have different levels to this shit. So yeah, there's tiers. There's tiers to the rating system. So if you do the bare fucking minimum, you're going to get the basic, you're going to get the basic rating. If you do the most, we all know what happens. Yes. Of all the lead credits, 35 of them, 35% relate to climate change, 20% directly impact human health, 15 are for water resources, 10 affect biodiversity, 10% relate to the green economy, which we have done an episode (laughs) on. Yep. And the last 5% impacts community and natural resources. Yep. It seems like, based on the research I was seeing, it does affect improvements with a quantifiable difference. I saw some statistics that indicated in California, the buildings that they were surveying used 23% less energy, 28% less water, and 9% less waste ended up in a landfill. And that study was also confirmed by one that Berkeley put out in 2014. Okay. All right. All right. So LEED is looking pretty promising with pretty, as you said, quantifiable results, we'll say, thus far. Right. I feel like LEED was a great jumping off point, but like all good prequels, there is a sequel. And I think that's when uh, we had our, our lovely next guest pop up let's let's try to avoid too many opinions until we explain what it is right i'll do my best yeah it's gonna be hard for me too as we all know here lex and i are incredibly opinionated and we're not shy to share those opinions but however what really inspired the this episode was this new relatively new last decade or so well community standard right what the fuck does well does well mean what is it well, let's Ba-dum. let's dive into it, shall we? Oh, and also, well does not stand for anything. It's just well in all caps. I think they were just trying to copy lead. It's just trying to be cool and copy lead. Anyway, was launched Facts. by a design company, Delos. Delos, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Potato, potato, sorry about it. Around 2014. And it it's certified annually by the Green Business Certification, which is the same group that administers the lead certification. So it is somewhat connected in the same in the same uh same realm of of business here that we're talking about the overall gist is the well community is really just about finding harmony between the physical environment and human and environmental health it's a cool concept and it makes real estate mad expensive so everyone wins except those getting gentrified of course but um (laughs) that does often happen to build communities such as these you know you have to you have to push out poor housing poor communities in order to build rich cool ones because it's cheap real estate obviously you can turn mad profits on it it's basic basic economics people it's meant to optimize a developed area so that overall happiness day-to-day health and productivity are improved and maintained this is per the website by the way that's what they say 
That's what they say. In essence, the happiest people uh, in the world, according to an article just re- released this last week, I I think it was, I can't remember who it was by. Um, we'll definitely link it in the description, though. People in Finland are the happiest people on the planet for like the sixth year in a row. And they found that the number one reason is because they can be out and na- they spend a lot of time in nature. They connect with nature. So obviously the well concept is, is meant to take these kinds of this kind of data and and implement it into the community like oh you like looking at nature we're gonna build a high rise so that you can look live in a loft that's fucking two million dollars and look at tampa bay that's nature for you don't don't mind the red tide though that's that's oh look the other way because it's a 360 view you're paying two million dollars just look the other direction anyways um where was i Oh yeah, I was talking about Finland and you know connecting with nature, whatever. I, basically, all, all it does is it's trying. It it's gonna quote unquote do its best to make a community that will consider human and environmental health in terms of like things such as walkability of a city, encouragement of more social interaction, proximity to healthy food options, safe construction of buildings, pretty views, etc. So this is a quote from the Well website, and it says. The well community standard aims to impact individuals, not just within the walls of their home or workplace, but throughout the public spaces where they spend their days. A well community is designed to support health and well-being across all across across all aspects and areas of community life. The vision for a well community is inclusive, integrated and resilient with a strong community identity. Lexi and I see a lot of flaws here, as you can probably tell by our tone when discussing well, because it literally says on the website that it's designed to be inclusive, integrated, and resilient with strong community identity. But well, whose identity is that? And and who is it including? What inclusion? Yeah, exactly. Where? There is no inclusion. Of whom? So this is the flaw. Like, they're, they're writing all this bullshit, but the only official well community in the world is water street tampa and i don't know if you guys have ever been there a lot of our listeners are from tampa but that place is unlivable like it's it's beautiful don't get us wrong i'm not not talking about aesthetically it's unlivable yeah i love the plastic trees they put up they're really really gorgeous but the the you can't you no one can afford to live there if if you live by yourself minimum you're gonna pay is like three grand a month to live in water street like it's not like this is where i don't understand where this like quote-unquote inclusivity and integration concept is coming from when they talk about well like how is this inclusive how is this integrated there's no way that your average joe working minimum wage can fucking feel included in water street it's just not possible also not to mention that those health food stores or like the the available like the quote-unquote healthy products or whatever that are supposed to be available in that area are also mad expensive this is what i don't understand about well is like it's just kind of it's lying to you it's not inclusive and it, it's not trying to be affordable. No, no. They've... And, you know, granted, we only have one thing to compare it to. But I imagine most certified well communities in the world are going to be similar vibes. Like, you can't really develop all of these things in mind without it being expensive. Like, it just makes the real estate mad valuable. It's just like, what's well, it's going it's to encourage people to move there. And you need exclusivity in order to keep it valuable. Like, that's just how it's going to work. And I don't think that that's necessary. Like, we're not saying that people wanting to move to Tampa 
is a bad thing or that it being beautiful is a bad thing or even I will even go so far or that it's even a bad thing that some units are so expensive. That is not what makes this a laughable, like a laughable concept. It's the fact that this certification is touting itself as something that is supposed to be inclusive and identifying with the community. But then our first real example of a well community, when it comes down to it, they have no intention of owning up to the fact that they are a luxury project and that they have not made any effort up until this point to have affordable housing, proper affordable housing. In fact, in 2019, James Dozar, who is Strategic Property Partners Chief Executive Officer, basically listed off the highlights of the, the Water Street project. And then afterwards, someone someone asked him about, or I guess people kept referring to the fact that Water Street is a luxury project. And he had the gall to sit there and say it's not. But the first 1,300... 1,350 units are market rate housing per his own words, okay? Market rate housing. As Ari just covered, that's $3,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment, okay? And then he's saying, oh, you know, we're exploring ways to widen affordability opportunities in its second and third phases. Okay, it's 2023, and I'm here to tell you there have been no affordable housing options added to this project, which I find incredibly interesting because one of the main goals that Jane Castor, the mayor of Tampa, has is to create 10,000 new attainable and affordable housing units by 2027. How? So we just created an, an entire water street with, I'm not sure how many housing units exactly, Lots. but you're telling me in phase one, there's at least... 1300 and none of them are affordable i maybe for those who don't really know what well oh, sorry not well what water street is we should just briefly kind of explain the vibe because people people point. in tampa um people in tampa have probably seen it already it's basically that area between um channel side and i guess downtown, downtown basically yeah, it's like that whole area so it's not big you know it's just but that's the point it's meant no. to be quite compact the whole idea is like it's promoting an area that previously wasn't super walkable now it's it's encouraging walkability luxury housing but also lots of new restaurants bars fitness studios places to hang out but when you actually break it down and look at it it is all it is is like a, a pocket of like mad luxury yes. the, the layout of of water street is intentional i don't know personally like i said i just think that the whole thing is a bit funny because if you would have thought about something like this like a hundred years ago okay imagine if like a mayor proposed like excuse me just one thing what if we built the city to encourage more social engagement and make people walk and eat healthier what do you guys think you mean like europe did they would literally like they would be like what do you mean like cities cities are already like supposed to be that way i just think like the whole idea that we had to create like a co like a concept like a well concept for this and like you can get certified for it it's just like so weird to me it's like it basically is acknowledging that all of our brains are on our phones or something and that we don't move our ass and like our whole lives are slaves to like work and we just sit in an office all day and we're depressed like 
that's just so strange to me that we literally had to make a well certification to encourage cities to be more physically beneficial for the human. Like, I just find that bizarre. <laughs> I think it being in Tampa is appropriate for a couple of reasons. One, Tampa is super poorly urban designed. Yeah. Urban, urban planning in general, basically the books that you read about it, they all give Tampa as a really good example of what not to do because it was designed around the car. Right. And what Ari is saying is like, it's so ironic that we had to come up with this certification to encourage so social engagement because we are social social creatures, like we've known this. But the other aspect to this this whole thing that we have talked about, but maybe not necessarily made the connection just yet, is well is a community focus that we created this criteria for and yes it does also include air Mm -hmm. water light fitness comfort mental well-being which does have environmental impact but we talked about lead earlier and then just kind of left it alone so lead is a building centric model where it has some emphasis on human connection impact but its whole thing is supposed to be environmentally and just like building practices be better, which tends to be more environmentally right. friendly. And a lot of buildings nowadays are actually LEED certified. It's like the minimum standard for a new building going up. So a lot of the buildings going up in Water Street are LEED certified, which also helps this community be more right. environmentally friendly. But as we've talked about in other episodes, environmental issues are humanitarian issues. And we cannot have this certification of well-being when we are completely forgetting the being part of it. Thank you. That's very well said. This reminds me of that that Greta Thunberg thing I brought up a few episodes ago where she was arrested for protesting a wind farm because it was invading on um, sacred indigenous lands. Like you can't just... Mm-hmm pat yourself on the back for putting up a building that's LEED certified and like forget about the other implications that come with that like okay great like it's LEED certified but what did you do to put that up like what did you do to get there um a lot of this area of Tampa is mad gentrification I was born and raised in Tampa it did not look like this a decade ago all right two decades ago it was it didn't look like this in 2015 this, when I moved here. All this stuff is brand new. And that used to be right like right in the outskirts of downtown was low-income housing, dude. Like, it's just insane how how the, those those communities, those people have been pushed out. I don't... I actually don't even know where they've been relocated or if they have been or if they were just left. I, they, I don't know. I, I don't I know. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I mean, according to the city of Tampa's own estimations on any given night, there are at least 1,600 homeless men, women, and children in Hillsborough County. So when we call for this affordable housing, yeah, I have I, I have myself in mind. Selfishly, I have myself as a young person in mind to be able to afford to live in this city. But there are other people who are in desperate, dire need of housing in general let alone affordable housing and it feels really gross that we know that this need exists at such a level and we can have investors like bill gates and jeff finnick who are the primary money givers to water street not have those people in mind like you think it would be super easy to just 
throw in some affordable housing to these billion dollar projects. Yeah, I I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because like I, I've spent time in Water Street and it is a cool place to be. Don't get me wrong. Like it it totally livens up the the social scene of Tampa. It's a cool place to hang out. And we support, support walkability yeah, and we support sound, these I'm not trying to be like one of those really annoying, like, I don't know, super far left people that just hates everything just be, to be controversial. That's not what I'm like, what Lexi and I are trying to do today. We're just trying to point shine no. light on something that maybe you haven't considered yet. And especially if you've lived in Tampa and you've been around Water Street and the way they advertise it is like so glamorous and it's so perfect. It's so good. It's like, oh, look, we tailor to everyone. We tailor to the rich and we're also environmentally friendly. So the left can't hate us. It's like. But you've forgotten a key component. Humans. The, the human aspect of it. Well, based on their criteria, there needs to be more integration. Like literally that's, the, that's the, what else is there to say? Their website literally says it's meant to be more integrated more inclusive there's nothing wrong with being rich or working hard to be rich it, all we're saying is that no fuck yeah get that bag get that bag sis get get the bag get money uh, we're not we're not anti-money i want to be rich like fuck i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i don't want to be rich all 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 i'm saying is that the whole well community standard is just a bunch of bullshit like to me i just think that they're trying to advertise themselves as something that they're not yeah it's not about integration or or include like or um inclusivity not not as currently designed but all hope isn't lost the other side to this project the the light at the end of the tunnel the proposal that i would pitch to spp strategic property partners jeff vinnick um, Bill Gates and the like, and anyone else that's listening right now and feels like, okay, well, fuck, what do we do with this? What do we do with this situation to maybe improve it? Because obviously Water Street's not going anywhere, nor, nor no. do we want it to go anywhere. At the end of the day, there there are significant, there are a lot more benefits to having Water Street in Tampa than there are drawbacks. I agree. I actually, I agree. I hope, honestly, more places look at Tampa Water Street as a way to design themselves because walkability is good and we want people to have access to things. And there is accessibility in designing the way that Water Street is designed. However, how do we how do we like close the loop on this issue of affordable housing and keeping that environmental centric feel there has been a green community and well mashup and it's the first affordable housing development that gets this joint certification it's happening in the bronx and it's an apartment building that was rehabilitated by jonathan rose companies and it actually just achieved the joint certification under the enterprise green communities and the well building standard so this this is where I'm going to start plugging what I think should be our maybe not a well replacement because again well does have a place in what it the idea of well is a good thing the execution in this particular instance is missed the mark because you need to think of people in addition to profit so Here's where I'm going to point out Enterprise Green Communities criteria. This is the criteria that should be getting mass attention. And it's the criteria that I think has combined the well and the being. Basically, you, in order to get this, this certification, you have to include affordable housing. It's non-negotiable. But 
in addition to affordable housing being at the baseline of this criteria, it covers things like floodplain Ugh. compensation. It covers things like integrative design. It it covers basically most of, if not all of the things that a well community design and lead building certification has to offer. <laughs> I personally still fuck with lead. I think that lead certification is fine. I think that it can stick around and I think it's already pretty integrated to the way that most design right. firms are integrating their or like not integrating. It's it's already ingrained in design firms as their baseline because people also really like being able to say that they are lead certified. It's this What's, like it's a almost like it's a, a competition, a clout, it's a clout you know, thing. like it's, it's a clout incentivized. Thing it's also it's also yeah. a marketing tactic. Like it, it encourage that's the whole thing Absolutely. with like sustainability consulting, right? Is like you're trying to be more marketable. So lead right. certification is an element of that. Absolutely. Well, well can suck my dick <laughs> <laughs> until it starts until it starts prioritizing the, person, the, person. the real people that live in these communities before it comes in and redesigns them. I'm just not I'm not right. gonna be super like excited yeah. about it. You know, um I I really stand by the fact that you need to have the people in mind that you are impacting that are already there before you go and improve right. well, the like, area. And like Lee okay. obviously focuses more on Im improving performance of new construction, existing construction, whatever, through design Absolutely. and development, right? So, and it considers right. things like water savings, energy efficiency, materials, whatever whereas well is focuses on like quality of air water light that but also it's supposed to it's ideally supposed to care about the quality of the person's life as well and that's where we think it's missed the mark in the water street example right. um and right you know uh i i'm in agreement with what you've said about lead versus well so far like lead is just something like that I just think building should be doing. Like I just think built like developers when it comes to a building, like it's just, it's a good certification to have because it encourages more sustainable development of a building, which we can't even argue with that. The reason well, the reason no, well absolutely. has a bit, I, I, I just think it's not being executed right well, no pun intended there, um, is but I'm is that the idea is great i love the idea of designing a community that thinks about the person's mental physical health social health as well as um the environment i do think that the fact that we need to design communities with that in mind is a little bit funny like it just kind of blows my mind that we've come to this that we have to but it's necessary sure but yeah water street just water street's cool like i said but it's just kind of missed the mark where it's supposed to be caring about the the human because you're only caring yeah. about you're only really tailoring to one type of human and <laughs> that's a rich human and this is not at all at the people that live in water street this is totally holding those accountable that have designed it to be the way that it is at the end of the day my final thoughts comments concerns regarding lead well and water street tampa are that lead minimum standard that's how that's how we should be designing same with well i think that's another minimum standard for communities yeah. that we should be designing 
where the mark is being missed is the fact that the only the only national green building program that has been created with and for the affordable housing sector sector is the enterprise green mm-hmm. communities. So if there's a way that we can incorporate and oh my God, words are really hard for me today. Incorp- incorporate? Incorporate. Incorporate. There it is. Incorporate affordable housing into well as just a standard practice. I'd be really happy. Uh, agreed. Be really, agreed. really the affordable really housing happy. thing with, with Water Street is is pretty shite. And we can see in the well criteria that the affordable housing bit isn't um isn't uh you know, exclusively, not exclusively, what's the word I'm looking for? Isn't, isn't articulated? Ex- oh, expressly Ex- yeah. articulated. It's so not expressed in its criteria. However, it does mention uh, prioritizing inclusivity and integration. So it's just not, the, the dots aren't connecting. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on lead well and water street as a case study i bet our F- tampa listeners are gonna have a heyday listening to our opinion of, of the water street community i just hope they stick through it through the entire thing because water street is not yeah. the problem water street is really cool water street is missing a key component if you do live in tampa and you haven't paid water street to visit please do so and give us your opinion um it is a fun place to hang out it's really it's cool got a lot of cool spots it's expensive as fuck don't go there expecting to get drunk because that'll cost you 200 us dollars minimum definitely Definitely pre-game before before you you go go. because a fucking (laughs) one fucking cocktail is like 20 dollars. so enjoy that they're really tasty but they're quite expensive and with that being said let us know your thoughts on this episode let us know your thoughts on lead well um enterprise green communities concepts let us know what you think about water street if you've paid it a visit and otherwise don't forget to rate review subscribe like follow oh social security and left nut of course yes that's standard and if you want to follow us on instagram you can find us at hotel earth podcast if you would like to follow us on tiktok we have been a little slacky lacky lately but uh if you want to find us anyway you can do so at hotel earth pod and if you would like to send us an email you can do so at hotel earth podcast at gmail.com baby yes but this was a pretty cool conversation lexi and i actually didn't realize that we had the same opinion on well until like right before we recorded so that was pretty funny it got to the point where i was like stop Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we have like, the same oh for the podcast. You're just like for the podcast. Anyways, you know the drill. We'll see you next week with another episode. On that note, Mother Truckers, ah, still a pizza. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. Bye.